and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of TV My Husband Hates. I am joined by Reagan Kempton. How are you? I'm good. We are out of the basement. We are living upstairs like whoop, normal whoop. people. Um, Felt good to take a little bit of a break from the podcast so we could just move everything up here because now we're all sleeping in our own respective beds and rooms. So, oh my god, I can't even imagine. Yeah, you, if you're listening, you won't really understand this, but I know what Reagan's basement was like. But essentially, there was no division between your bed and the living room and no. the kitchen. No, I I can't even imagine how shit that's been for like six months with two kids. It was nine months. Oh, and um, not that anyone was counting, but uh, <laughs> um, it was nine months, three days yeah. and 47 hours. It was shit, but it was less shit than I had imagined it to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, I just back, think so. Yeah, all's forgotten. I'm excited to see it. Um, we are here with a big one. We've got one, two, three, four, five shows this yeah. week. Um, we are also planning our Patreon content. So uh, if you didn't know, we do have a Patreon account. We'll put it in the show notes and we'll put it on social media and all of that Absolutely. stuff. Um, there's some good stuff coming up for Patreon. We're going to do the Fallon chat, aren't we? Yeah, that's, that's on tonight. So it's all about, I don't know how many, I mean, I assume you guys are all following it as well, but Portia is now engaged to Fallon's ex that we saw in the show this season, like just a few weeks ago. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, so uh, she is doing like a tell-all on YouTube. Well, I'll see if I can link where it's going to be in the notes as well. But we're going to talk about that for um, our very late May content on Patreon. We're so sorry. And then our June then content. June, sorry. Go ahead. I'll let you talk about no, that. No, I was going to say June is the, um, we're going to do this. It's the same thing, but with Erica Girardi. Yes, and Tom and the embezzlement scandal, which is the housewife and the hustler, which comes on, at least in the U.S., on Hulu on uh, June 14th. Kat thinks you can probably watch it on Hey You in the UK. But I will check for sure. But I assume, but it's certainly all of Bravo. Hey You is the home of Bravo right. in the UK. I know, but so. Bravo's not doing it. It's a different channel who's doing this one. So we'll see. Uh, right, okay. Anyways, we will... We'll I'm sure see. you'll find um, it somewhere. Yes, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it'll be available at some point somewhere. Maybe YouTube. Yeah, yeah, we'll find it for Either you. Either way, we'll let you know as soon as we've found out where it is. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's a big week for us, and in fact, a good week. I, there wasn't a show that I didn't love this week. No, I'm so happy that the Real Housewives of Atlanta and Dallas are over because I feel like I just look forward to the weeks now. Like these are all some of my favorite shows that are on right now. Um, and it's exciting. But speaking of that, before we get into it, if you guys can take a moment and go to iTunes, drop us five stars, write a review, we'd be ever so grateful. It is the only way that it even pops up on people's recommended feeds. And that's kind of what we're gaming for. So if you could help us out, that'd be great. It would be great. Um, so, yeah. Uh, listen, I've uh, also got an idea that I need to talk to you about afterwards cool. regarding a certain prize giveaway thing that we could nice. maybe do. So keep your eyes on social media for that. Um, but let's let's get into it because we've got five shows yeah. and we've got a lot to talk about in every single show. And first up on our list of shit to do is Shars of Sunset. I'm now, I love this show. I'm so pleased it's back. But And they are right as ever back into the drama and serving up some serious tea. Oh my gosh. Like I, I can't it's imagine. Exhausting. I can't imagine being part of this friend group in real life because I think it is like this in real life to some degree. Oh yes. <laughs> this is what I love about this show. I do not think that this is put on for the cameras. No. I think this is exactly how it is. And I actually wrote in my notes, I was like, I just want to make it clear that if I'm ever 50 and fighting about text messages in a bathrobe about who fucked who in the ass, then you need to take me aside and slap some sense into me. <laughs> you need to cut the tequila off. Like, Reza me off, was so lit. Slap some sense. I mean, that... Listen, well, let's start yeah. from the beginning. So we open the episode with Mike, very unlike Mike. Yes. Let's be clear taking responsibility and admitting that he'd lied despite spending the last 
few weeks. Yeah, the last three weeks. Being outraged. Yep. Outraged that anybody wouldn't believe that he didn't send these texts. I'm I'm so over Mike. Like, I'm over the performative aspect of his feelings because I don't feel that, like, he's actually apologetic for any of this stuff with Paulina. Like, I don't like these over-the-top public apologies that he gives because ultimately I feel like he should have apologized to Paulina in private. Like, if he hasn't apologized to her by now for all the shit that's happened, like, I think that's fucked up. Well, I think, here's the thing. I think that the apology was just a way for him to start deflecting this onto somebody else, right? So I think whether he apologized to Paulie, it looked like she was cool with it by then. So I wonder if they had had a private conversation. And I do think he owed quite a lot of people in that group also an apology because like Nima, he got really pissed at because Nima was like, oh, I'm not sure. And so I, I sort of get that, but I don't think that this was about the apology for Mike. This was like, the apology was an essential, was like a, a, an unfortunate necessity right. that he had to do so that he could then start to launch into the snake in the group with these spoof texts. Um, so nothing rang genuinely no. true for me. He just did it so that he could get on to the next thing. Well, and I agree with um, you that everybody else deserved an apology, but they never got one with it. I mean, this public apology was only to Paulina. It wasn't to like true. all the other people he was a huge asshole to. Like... Mike is just a fucking gigantic baby. He is, but it, and I also think he's quite a toxic For partner sure. in a relationship. Yes, like I, I, that we're going to come on to that a little yeah. bit later. But before we do, let's just discuss these spoof texts. Now, I don't know whether it's because I'm nearly forty or whatever. I don't really understand what's happening. I think they're fake texts that can be made to look like, but I just don't we've, understand. Yeah, we've heard about really. these before. Like Denise was really big on these like fake text things with like the oh. whole her and Brandy thing on um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills last seasons. But apparently, there's an app that makes you that, that allows you to create texts that seem like they're from somebody else when they're really not. Now you and I differ on this because I even doubt the existence of these spoof texts full stop. (laughs) I feel like Mike is just trying to like have a shiny object over here. So it deflects from like his issues and then starts a fight someplace else because I think that's Mike, but you think these spoof texts are real. Yeah. Well, you think you're with Reza. Yeah. Like, that's what Reza thinks. I think Reza's like, like, I just think Reza looks 100% guilty as fuck. Yeah. Like, you can see it on his face. You can see that he's caught out when he says, when Mike kind of pulls it out of the air that he's blamed Gigi for these. Um, it, he just looks guilty as yeah. fuck. And, and, we, and I feel like I know Reza enough that when he's backed into a corner, he like doubles down, gets outraged, and then leaves. Yeah. So, honestly... My real feeling is I don't give a fuck about these texts. (laughs) Fair. But seeing as our job here is to discuss this shit, I don't, like, you could be right, but Reza looks way too fucking guilty about something. I feel like, see, so I don't believe the texts exist, but I do feel like if Mike brought the text to Reza's attention, Reza lied and said, well, maybe it's Gigi. (laughs) Does that make any sense? Like... I yeah, I mean, they're both, they're all being horrible oh, people at this point. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. It really is. <laughs> Over <laughs> it. I mean, the only person, the only two people that I actually like on this show right now is MJ and Nima. Well, I'm going to go a little bit further. And I really love how, like, Gigi's handling all this. Because, like, old Gigi would have whipped out a knife and stabbed someone right then and there for, like... <laughs> suggesting that she even, you know, does these texts. Hang on. Can we pause for one minute? There's somebody. I think it's the furniture people who decided not to call. Hang on. Do you want to pause recording? Okay. Okay. There's like a weird break in mine, but. Okay. We're back. Jimmy will figure it out. Okay. Uh, So you were talking about Gigi. Stabbing somebody if she had done spoof texts before. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think that motherhood has uh, I wouldn't say mellowed Gigi, but I feel like it's matured her a little bit. I think she's less reactive. Less, not non-reactive. Well, I think as well, you just get to, you have this baby, you're looking after it 24 hours a day. She's doing it by herself. She's got support, but she's doing it by herself. I think you just realize you've only got a certain amount of energy for bullshit. And I think she's like, I just don't have the energy sure. to throw into a tantrum anymore. 
yeah, I just can't, I just can't deal with you people anymore. Right. Like, it's just, I can't, it's just um, too much. Yeah. The time has come for me to hang up my knives. Um, yeah, but I do, I am feeling hopeful about the MJ Gigi situation. And again, I feel like MJ is Gigi a year and a half down the line. Like I feel like motherhood right. is really transforming these women from, cause let's be honest before they yeah. had kids, they were basically oversized teenagers, like entitled, sure. spoiled, bougie. And now they've had yeah. kids. And I feel like these two women are actually going to find a connection in a way that they've never found it before. I totally agree. I think old MJ would have been super messy and involved in all of this stuff. And I feel like she is still a little bit like she's very obviously team Mike. I think she thinks it's Reza as well. Um, like, cause I think she even made a comment like Mike lies about who he fucks. He doesn't lie about like fake texts. Like if the texts didn't have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he'll eventually come clean. But, um, I really liked her apology to Gigi. I feel like MJ's like come out of the fog of that, like first year of having a baby and can kind of look at things in a more, I don't want to use the word rational, but that's how I felt after the first year of having a baby. I felt like I could finally like look at things with like reality glasses versus yeah. how I was feeling that whole year glasses. Um, and so I'm excited. I'm excited to see where their friendship goes and if it can really be repaired. No, I agree. And I get why both, I get why Gigi is gun shy. You know, she was kind of just belittled in the group for a long time. You know, Reza and yeah. MJ take up a lot of space and, yeah. you know, it must be hard living within that dynamic. So I understand Gigi's in a very difficult position now because either she believes Reza and then right. fucks off everybody else or she doesn't believe Reza and loses like the guy who she's really learned to lean on and become great friends with. And I think there's always that fear with Gigi that she's o he's only friends with her because he's not friends with MJ anymore. And so there's a, I feel for her with this situation. And I think it's shitty for Reza and Mike to put her in that situation, depending on who actually has. Do you know what I mean? But if we find for out that they're both involved in that and they've put Gigi in that situation, that's yeah. bullshit. Well, and especially because I didn't remember this, but then they showed clips like years back, Reza wrote apology letters to everybody pretending he was Gigi. Yeah. So like this whole situation has happened before and Gigi's been in the middle of it again. So I'm sure it's pretty triggering to that as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about Mike and Paulina. Uh, <sighs> obviously he's apologized to her. She seems fine with the fact that he's sexting he's lots doing lots of unprotected and unprotected texting <laughs> thanks tommy for the oh tommy's got the best one-liners in he this really entire does. show um i don't like this dynamic um i don't like that he's essentially a gaslighting motherfucker and is like oh i'm sure she's sitting there wondering what she did wrong to make me text dick pics to people he's such a fucker <laughs> like I mean, it's no. just outrageous. No, she's not. By the way, Mike, she's not sitting there wondering what she did wrong. What she's doing is probably sitting there going, am I the biggest fucking idiot for sticking around? Sweetheart, Absolutely. I don't want to say yes, but yes. Yeah, you're, you're making some questionable choices. Like, I don't think this dude is the dude you double down on. Like, that guy's out there for you somewhere, but I don't think it's Mike. No, and I love Pauline, and she's got kids. Yeah. Like, I get that you can be bedazzled by somebody but mike sure. is not the guy to be bedazzled by no he's got some deep-seated fucking issues that he needs to go to therapy and work on and he's never going to so he's just going to be a fucking mess he's a child he's a yeah. child um Ugh. and then finally before before we move on i think you know here's the thing with reza and mj and and i'm pleased to see that they're building a bridge like yeah we always wanted them to be friends again for sure. But I really think MJ is digging deep into her patience for this because I'm not sure that I would be ready to be cool with somebody who had extended a yeah. restraining order uh, against my husband. And I think that she's handled, and I, I respect her decision to do so, but I, I right. don't know if I could do it. And I think she's handling it well, but I, I just think that her and Tommy have to be on the same page before this relationship well, really develops. 
Well, I think this is interesting because I have a feeling the MJ and Reza friendship can really only be superficial until Reza drops the restraining order because then then I think if he does that, then Tommy would be more open to like, you know, Reza meeting Shams. But I think until that happens, like Tommy's hard boundary is that like Reza is nowhere near baby Shams and MJ has to respect that because that's Shams' dad. Well, and I don't blame Tommy on that. I don't blame Tommy on that. Like, I get that Tommy threw a tent. I get that Tommy's behavior was wrong. Absolutely. Threatening, wrong, violent, all the rest of it. I also fully understand. I can understand where that came from. I'm not excusing it, but he just had a baby. He just nearly watched his wife die. And this is the shit that Reza was pulling. Like, I'm going to be honest. I can fully understand Tommy's reaction. And I think to write him off on that instance, which is what Reza's doing, to not be a big, like to not be mature enough to go, listen, I know Tommy well enough to know that this was a one-off. We all have a bad fucking moustache day. Yeah. Um, I think it's unreasonable for Reza to expect anything from Tommy at this point. And I think if Tommy's line is shams, I agree. No, you can't. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, but I think it's going to be an issue between, I think we see it become an issue with Reza and MJ further down. And I don't know if Reza has enough empathy to really put himself in Tommy's place for that. Um, Or in MJ's place, interestingly. I don't think he's going to give MJ a pass on this for for standing by and supporting her husband's wishes, even though we've seen Reza do that with Adam in the past. Well, that's what he's doing, right? Like. Adam's really the one that wants like this restraining order to like keep going on. I think we saw it last season where Adam was really pushing for it. So Reza was kind of standing by him and doing that. So I think unfortunately, until some of these real issues get resolved, we're just going to see MJ and Reza just be very superficially friends, but not really involved in their real lives. If that makes any sense. at all. Yeah, it totally does. Um, Okay, great. Good chat. Love to have the Shahs back. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, let's take it back to Below Deck Sailing Yacht, where we are rapidly edging towards the end of this season. We are, and I'm going to be really sad because I think this season has been amazing. So good. Really I feel like we it. should never be allowed to leave the boat because I feel like <laughs> that's what's made it better is like we've seen such a forced interaction between the crew yeah, there's no hope of a break or an escape. Right. It, it, the tensions have <laughs> run high. Um, I mean, the Gary Sydney Alley triangle is the real chat of this week, and it just continues to rumble on. And it's it's like the perfect storm. You've got drunk Gary who's stu- who's just making stupid decisions. Yeah, you've got manipulative femme fatale Sydney. And then she's a trash person. I'm going on record right now. She's I, a trash person. I'm with you. She is. And then you've got like just happy go lucky Ali, who's actually got some fucking morals and is and what I see is just playing against a whole set of different rules that everybody else is playing against. Absolutely. I mean, this is kind of I feel like we talked about it on the last um podcast how Sydney would never not fuck around with Gary because it bothered Allie and we're we're seeing that exact same thing. Now that she knows Allie is like put it like drawn this line in the sand is not going to do anything with him anymore. We see her fucking like all over him. Yeah, rather it's than so recognize gross. what she's done, which is like a moral kind yeah. of put a moral boundary in to support Sydney, rather than accept that, Sydney's like, oh, now this is my opportunity to get her back. It's like, for what? Like, <laughs> she didn't do anything him wrong. Once. He was so clear that he wanted, like, this was a in out affair. Yeah. Fucking hell. I mean, she well, is dark as fuck, that Sydney. She is. And especially because, like, we all have to go on the basis that, like, Allie didn't know Gary slept with Sydney. And the minute she found out, 
she put that boundary in place and had nothing more to do with him. Whereas Sydney told her to fuck, like to fuck everybody over. Right. Like she said it for a purpose. And now that Allie is backed off, she's just trying to slide right back in there. Like it's so gross. And And drunk Gary is a dick. Like drunk Gary really needs to take a long, hard fucking look at himself. Like for the love of God, the way that he's like, yeah, I'm just going to shag Sydney tonight. Just, you know, Ali's hurt my feelings, so I'm going to fuck somebody else. I, I mean, know. I mean, Colin was just like, for the love of God, man, if you have any feelings for Ali whatsoever, you will not do this. Honestly. Listen to Colin. Colin is the voice of all reason. Colin <laughs> knows what he's talking about. Colin's uh, the one with a, with a girlfriend and it's all going swimmingly. So, like, listen to right. this guy when he gives you relationship advice. Um, and I think Gary's apology the morning after, like, I... The whole season, I've been waiting for something to hate Gary on. And I really thought this was yeah. the episode that I got it. I was like, he's going to fuck Sydney and that's it. Great. I'm now right, like, justified right. in my feelings. And it didn't happen. And he figures it out just in the nick of time. And he apologizes to Ali in a really heartfelt way. Like, I really felt for him because I did feel like he was truly, genuinely upset that he had hurt her. A hundred percent. And I, you know, I really, I I don't blame Ali for forgiving him and for snogging him. I think no. fucking all bets are off now. Just. Absolutely. Sydney Ali, is not worth get in that there. kind of fucking no, loyalty. Because like Sydney knew absolutely what she was doing when she got topless in the fucking hot tub. And like, then Sydney's acting like the victim because like Ali's upset about that. Like, oh, fuck off. You are an asshole. And, and I don't like blaming girls on. for that shit. Put a top oh, on. Right. Right. Like, I, I'm here. Like, fucking be topless if you want to be topless. But this is not a freedom. Of, this is not no. freedom of my body thing. This is no. a, oh, Gary, have you seen my tits thing? Like. Yeah. Do you remember these tits? We, we fucked, remember? Like. We all I think she fucking even remember. Like, didn't she say, like, you want to fuck? Yeah, she did. Ugh. I hate this woman. I fucking hate this woman. You want to fuck? I mean, talk about literally putting yourself on a fucking plate. Uh, like, I get it. Own your own shit. But this isn't, I've said it, it's not about her being a free woman and no, sexually positive. Spiteful. This is about her. It's spiteful and it's nasty. And no, it's, this is Mm-mm. the shit that gives women a bad name. Yep. Throw that bitch overboard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Done. Never ever thought I'd be standing up for like a woman against Gary, but I know this you is fucking where made we us do it, Sydney. This is not even this is not we're not even being on brand at the moment. But God, <laughs> you were such an ass, <laughs> such an asshole. Um, in more positive news, kind of, we've got JL and Danny, and there's you know there's something that's a little heartwarming about this. I think JL is really in love. I think he's like head over heels, balls deep, fucking backwards inside out in love (laughs) the only thing that i do not get about jl is how he turns into like super deckhand when he gets really hammered like he's worried about the tea he's gonna go to bed early so he can make sure he gets up the fenders don't look good on his way back from dinner like really now you give a shit right because like when you're sober you literally give no fucks about this job when this is your actual job you don't seem to care (laughs) until you're fucked yeah okay um oh so funny but i think it's an interesting dynamic because i forget that danny is so much older than him and yeah not older than him in like hundreds of years but just in the place they are at. She's very clear. She's like, I want to get married and I want to have babies. And if and, sure. and you're not that guy right now. And he's sort of, he's not saying I am that guy, but he's like, we'll work it out. And I think Danny's old enough and ugly enough to know that that's yeah. just not a happy relationship makes. So she sees the writing on the wall, but also she just wants to fuck him. I know. It's a constant I mean, battle inside her. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a tough, tough place to, to be. And I don't even know, like... I don't know what's going on with them now. I wonder if this is going to be like a reunion surprise. Reveal. And maybe they are actually together, but like they're not on social media. I don't know. Like, I mean, whose baby is it? Because where are we now? We're a year. This was last summer. Yeah. So say she say if she got pregnant at the end of the summer, so let's say September. 
Or they met up after the show. Or they met up after the show. So uh, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. She would have had the baby. She'd be due to have the baby any minute now. This month, next month. Yeah, she has. She has had the baby. Well, I think it must be JL's baby. It must must Uh, be JL's baby because I don't think Danny's jumping into bed with another guy without using any protection straight away. No, <laughs> I don't either. So I don't know. But but I think the question is, like, we don't we don't know whose baby it is, but we also don't know whether they're together or not. Like, maybe this has just been all hidden to wait for the reunion. I, I mean, don't know. If it is, that's going to be it's reality masterful. TV gold. It's going to be masterful. You're sure. right. It's exactly what it is. It's going to be a, a stroke of genius. Yeah. Considering um, she didn't even want it, she wasn't even going to put out pregnancy pictures and she was outed by somebody at like her work because she works at like a med spa in Australia and somebody took a picture of her at her work and posted it that she was pregnant. Yeah, we talked about that before. That. That's not cool. It's not cool, but it's crazy. Um, Glenn is already preparing for the end of the season and offers crossing yeah. jobs to Gary. I get it. And to Natasha. I don't get it, but it is what I it don't, is. I don't understand Natasha either, but I mean, maybe she just cooks really good food and he thinks she'll be fine for the crew. I mean, this is it. She just needs to do fucking bangers yeah. and mash for the crew. So how hard could it be? Um, they need somebody to cook some food. For sure. And then, of course, the, the next charter gets knocked off because they all test positive for COVID. So they're like, are we going to have a charter? Are we not going to have a charter? Yeah. I'm with Daisy on the news they discover that they are going to be waiting on another crew who have been gifted it by the management. No, I think this is going to be terrible. I would not be cool with this. Like, it's going to no. take a really seriously special, cool kind of crew to come on and behave in a way that is acceptable. And I don't <laughs> get that from yachties in general. No, I think they're going to go ballistic because they've been serving people for this whole time as well. And they must have been quarantined on their own boat too. So it's like... They're getting away. Yeah. And, and it doesn't help that their boat is like 55 times the size of the sailing yacht no. as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it pulls yeah. up right next to it. That all feels a little bit awkward. <laughs> well, and it's going to be like the age old, like motor yacht versus the sailing yachties as well, because it's like a very different thing and a different hierarchy. And Oh God. I don't know. I hope Collins come to Jesus meeting holds strong when he got like everybody on board for this last charter. Well, I mean, the good thing is it sounds like the guests are actually not in charge of the tip. Yeah. And I think that's what this is. I love Colin. He's very like, I've got a fucking job to do. And he's like, look, we're going to get a tip. So let's, it's just like any other charter. Let's just fucking nail it. Yeah. Colin's amazing. He is. Um, Let's move on to New York. New York and Beverly Hills are going to be heavy going because there's a lot to talk about. Quite similar stuff. Um, yeah. But let's start with New York, where, of course, we kick off in Luan's house with Ebony and Luan going at it, hammer and tongs. Luan is fully in the wrong. She needs to shut her fucking mouth. One And actually, like, pay agree. proper attention to what somebody said before getting all fucking worked up about it. I mean, Luan is absolutely committed to not seeing what's actually been said. She is convinced that Ebony has said that she is smarter than everybody else. That's not what she said. Ebony has simply made the factual point that she has more official education than anybody else around that table. She's not wrong. She has numerous degrees. She is more formally educated than anybody else around that table. And she's only saying that in response to Luann's very offensive comment that if you are (laughs) sex positive and talk about sex, then it shows a lack of education. So Ebony's only responding to Luann being rude in the first place. For sure. For sure. And then Luann comes back with that fucking angry comment, which... And it's like, fuck me. It baffles me. It baffles the fuck out of me that at this day and age, after the year we've had, that you do not know the relationship between that word and its use to oppress black women throughout. By now, if you do not know that, Luann, shame on you. For sure. It's totally your fault for not doing any fucking work whatsoever or paying attention to anything. Yeah. And just, and Ebony makes that point. Leah has just stood up, screamed at everybody, called them hoes. hoes. (laughs) 
stomped <laughs> off in a huff and nobody called, called her, her angry. angry. And then Ramona goes, yeah, but her grandmother's dying. Everybody's like, so's mine. Right? And it's just baffling to me. And I think you make a good point, or you did in our meeting. Like, Heather, at this point, I really like how she's like, we all need to stop, and we need to do the work, and we need to listen. That's our only job right now, is to fucking listen. But then Heather becomes a dick. <sighs> just saying. It's like literally like the next scene too. Like Ebony goes off and has this conversation with Leah. Because Ebony suddenly decides that she's now the whisperer. She's now the race whisperer, right? So she's right. the one that can mediate this very difficult landscape between Ebony and Luann because she knows both sides yes, of the story. because Heather's in touch with black culture. She is such an asshole. Like, because she's worked with Puffy and Beyonce. I can't bitch. even... No, I, I can't even. There are no words quite to describe my absolute shock, horror, and disgust for this whole thing as Heather goes rapidly downhill. The, f- the fucking audacity to sit there and talk about black culture to Ebony. The real Fuck black culture in America, you. she says. The real black culture in oh. America. I know it. I've been in that. And Ebony very gracefully is like, I'd love to know more about that. Ebony has more grace than these women fucking deserve at all. The shit that they have said is fucking mind blowing. Heather's like over familiarization with black culture is fucking offensive as fuck. And like Ebony is calm, cool, collected, and like explains the situation to people. And it's like, you fucking don't owe them shit. But she's you not allowed to be no any knowledge. other way. That's the thing, right? Uh, she's not allowed to be any other way because. This but I'm is, giving her, yes, I'm giving her permission to be another way. I know. Fuck and these women. Peace out of the show because they don't fucking deserve any sort of your, like the education you're giving them at all. Let's also talk about the bomb of condescension that Heather drops. as <gasps> she like, just Mike drops her way out that room where she just suddenly turns around to Ebony, lawyer, broadcaster, journalist, yeah. and goes, you're so articulate has anybody ever told you that before <sighs> heather 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 are you this is why I, i'm a little team leah and when she's like screaming at heather about heather always having to be the fucking authority on everything and knowing everything she is so condescending and fucking self-righteous and i felt this way about heather when she was on the show i was glad to see her go off I wish they had never brought her back. Um, it's just fucking gross. I mean, Leah's problematic as well, but like... Listen, I mean, I agree with you. I think yeah. Heather's a nightmare and I, I fully understand Leah's frustration, but Leah's delivery is yeah. really not okay. Like, it's not okay. And I think that as 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 aware as Leah is, yeah, she is woefully lacking in awareness of her privilege in being able to behave like she's behaving like she throws shit at heather she stomps out of rooms she's screaming and crying and throwing her hands in the air like i get that she's got shit going on but like ebony has said ebony doesn't have the space to behave like that and leah is for all of her awareness yeah it's glaringly lacking at this point and it's really interesting that like you're absolutely right. Ebony is literally dealing with the exact same thing that Leah is, but she can't act even a fifth of the way Leah is acting. And Leah doesn't even put that together. Like nobody's no. talking about that in the episode. No. And it's, you know, and it is, and I think when Leah rewatches this, I hope that in the reunion, she, yeah, we've seen her be able to be a bit more self-evaluating. So I hope that she sees that because it's so glaringly obvious at this point <laughs> that it's, it just makes me realize that, like unlike heather who really thinks that she's got her woke work done like she's like i've got this down like it's a really good reminder that it's a much longer ongoing constant process we're never gonna have this shit down we're always gonna have to check think go for our second thoughts you know for sure i find it baffling Uh, it's baffling but what's also fucking amazing is actually the person who does have it down is fucking sonia I have, we've always loved Sonia. Yeah. I 
I'm so delighted about this connection between Ebony and Sonia. I feel like Ebony has been the only person that really sees Sonia and fucking like ever and lifts her up and like makes her feel good about herself. Cause these other women have been shitting on Sonia for years, making her feel like an asshole. And, and I think Sonia is a genuinely kind, tolerant person. I think, Reagan, I think Reagan. I didn't mean Reagan. You're going to hate me when I. Yeah. I think Ramona. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was not a Freudian yeah. slip. It was just because I fucked up. Um, I think Ramona's walked all over her. I think Luann yeah. has too. And I think Ebony sees exactly what's happening. She's got really good intuition. Yeah. And well, and even just the stuff Sonia says about like doing the work and being quiet is not as judgmental and aggressive, like as angry as Heather's delivery is. Like it's just very matter of fact. Yeah. 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 She's just Agreed. like, this, we just need to do this. Yeah. Like it's be not quiet. about questioning it. It's just about shutting up and listening. Yeah. Um, so no, I agree. And I love that Ebony is going to help her find love and she's called I Devon know. and all oh, this is going to be spectacular. I think this is going to be a real love story between Ebony and Sonia. Agreed. I'm so here for it. I love it. I think it's awesome. Me too. Um, okay. Interestingly, we find a similar scenario in Beverly Hills. Yes, it's surprising how fucking awful white people can be. <laughs> Especially very rich white women. Um, oh. So we, we come up with a very similar situation with Sutton and Crystal. Um, yeah. We, in, in production, we kind of butted heads on this as well. Not For sure. because we disagreed on Sutton's actions. No. We condemn it. We think that the way that she handled this situation was awful. Um, right. She's clearly in the Leah school of race relations, which is never a great place to be. Um, but we did differ on our views of Crystal. And I think, yeah, that's, I'll, I'll leave, I mean, I think that's fair, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Because I think it's more the language. I think you have an issue with the language that Crystal uses to describe Sutton. And I just kind of feel like, well, that is how Sutton has kind of acted towards her in the first instance, like their yeah. first blow up where Sutton was horrific to her and was very much like, we're all equal and all that other bullshit that we know is not acceptable anymore that we, yeah. you know, need to see the difference. Um, I agree that, and even the paranoia at the table and like yelling at Crystal about that too, that was not fucking cool. No, that was no, weird agreed. as shit. No, agreed. And Crystal has every right to feel that Sutton was being weird and maybe a little crazy at that instinct. And you don't like the, like she used a lot of like very triggering words about Sutton and her confessionals. Is that I your think point? For me, well, I think for me as well, it's, it's, it's difficult because I think Sutton's absolutely wrong. I also think Sutton has a real insecurity and if she feels left out, like I feel like there's a certain empathy for me, aside from the race stuff that about feeling mm -hmm. left out in a group of girls, like I, I've been there and I think that's a really, horrible place to be whether it's true or not i think if your insecurity leads you there yeah um, i do think that sutton fucks up i think she tries to make it right i think she tries to work her way through it and i think she tries to understand in a way that luann doesn't at first like i think she, and she Absolutely. does a lot of that work by herself she doesn't need a whole room of people to sit her down and tell her yeah um yeah i think for me i know that how sutton's like, i just compare it to how Ebony's responded. And then I see Crystal just in her interviews, not really discuss anything other than just say, I think I've got a, a, the list of names, but it was just this barrage of name calling, which, you know, I get that she was those things, but I just think that here she said, she's erratic, unbalanced, emotion, overly emotional. She's crazy. Um, and it just made me think, Ebony didn't handle this shit like this. And I'm not saying that there is mm -hmm. a right and a wrong way to handle it. I'm just not a big fan of name calling. And I'm certainly not a big fan of women using those words like erratic, unbalanced, crazy, overly emotional against other women. Because again, those are words that have been used to fucking oppress women all the time. Like I get that Sutton's behavior seems inexplicable and like strange. Yeah. But I just feel like Crystal was 
I just think if you're resorting to name calling, then you're not making a point. So I guess my point is, we don't know when these confessions were filmed. We don't know if this was filmed kind of right after the situation happened so that some of these feelings are very raw. So I don't necessarily have an issue with Crystal using those words because they're the exact same words that like um, Kyle and Renna were using to Sutton herself. Like, this is how you seem to all of us. Like, we're worried about you. The difference is that they went to her and they've got that friendship and they've got the history. So I think that's a little bit different. Maybe that's a little bit more okay for them to use those words. My whole problem with Crystal is that after Sutton kind of tries to work through the way she was feeling and actually connects like, holy shit, I'm just dealing with these emotions from my house. That's why I'm being crazy and is vulnerable to her. Crystal like does not give her an inch. And I don't think that's cool either. Like, I'm not saying that she like, like the slate needs to be wiped clean or anything like that. But I think you can appreciate somebody trying to figure out why they were acting the way they were acting. And I don't think Crystal gave her that at all in like their chat one-on-one because it wasn't about that chat wasn't about like racial issues. It was like the night before, like when she felt really paranoid that something was going on that she was left out of. I think as well, like I always find it hard and, and I remember sitting watching it and seeing Sutton be visibly upset. And, and I know that she has not, done anything to to crystal to warrant a friendship by any means yeah. at this point but i think it's i don't think i could ever sit in front of a woman sobbing and crying and not reach out and give her a hug like yeah it, it, or not comfort her in some way I, f- I think i feel like crystal's really really cold and i think that's fair enough to sutton at this point but i'm with you mm-hmm. i feel like i want to see a chink of right like light in there a chink of warmth some sort of crack of humanity and I think that's what I'm missing from her because as much as Sutton fucked up there is humanity like there is like this blubbering mess of humanity if you will for sure like even if you do think she's a crazy mess like you can just appreciate that she's a crazy mess and be like dude you're dealing with a lot (laughs) we don't know Crystal at all and I'm always wary of housewives that come in and aren't open like it's like okay either come on the show or don't come on the show but give us yourself give us but I think you also learn that because I think we said the same thing about Sutton last season like we didn't really know who Sutton was and you know this second season we just see more of her um, I'm totally, I mean, I think we're both willing to give Crystal more than fucking four episodes. Of course. Um, but then before we just move on though, let's talk about yeah. the story at the end that comes up when Crystal returns back from her day out. And again, this is, I find this problematic too. Yeah. It just oh, seems. Oh, so the comment, like, so she was naked. Sutton apparently made a comment about, well, I don't know what you're doing in your room. And she, like, is hands down doubling down on the fact that Sutton didn't knock and she just burst into her room, which didn't happen. Like we saw the footage. She knocked. She was just bringing her her coat. Like Sutton I think fulfilled Crystal all the social misreads. required social for sure. cues for entering I think that Crystal room. has misread this entire fucking situation. And again, I wonder if it's something we don't know. Maybe something right. we don't know is then that's triggered it in Crystal, but it seems to, it seems a real disconnect. And Kyle makes the point as well. Like why we, you've talked about all the things that, you have a problem with with Sutton, but this has taken 24, right. like you've never mentioned this. It, see, it does seem to come out of nowhere. We'll see yeah. how it goes. I'm, of course, willing to give Crystal more time. Um, yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, I do like her. I like yeah. what she brings to the show, and I think the show desperately needs, like, some fucking reality. Um, Agreed. But um, but we'll see. We'll see if she's the, the one to um, bring it. But speaking of um, problematic Oh, God, I know stories, what you're going to say. Lisa's oh, story. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. About Harry's friend Lisa, and Lisa, Harry Lisa. taking a stand against his friend on an issue like rape. No, Lisa, no, com- no, no. <laughs> comparing oh, no, that no, to no. your issue with Denise is not no, okay. No, 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 no. Uh... I'm a big Lisa Rinna fan. I love her hard. Yeah. I do. I and and you know, I know I'm going to be able to I know Lisa I feel like I know Lisa well enough to know that this is just a ridiculous thing <laughs> that she said. And I know she's going to come back. I know she's going to come back and go, "I can't believe I did that." Oh, I know. I know for sure. Garcelle's but, face during this whole story. But this is, is such like, a bad what this, the like fuck? talking of fucking bad analogies. Yes. Gia 
like fucking nothing compared to talk this. about kids on coke all day all day long <laughs> all fucking day long before you make this analogy babe like you can't oh. apart from anything else this is not your story to tell anyway <laughs> oh like it comes out of left field like she literally i think starts like well while i've got you all here Right, like Harry and his mate were out drinking, and his mate went off and raped a girl. It's like, (laughs) hang on, Lisa, fuck. (laughs) What left turn did we just take? Like, what dinner party are we at? This is is what? And why are we even talking about fucking Denise? Who cares? Oh well, Garcelle cares. But other than that. It's done. But Garcelle cares in a one-on-one conversation, not at a fucking dinner. Fucking conversation but the thing with Lisa that is that goes ge- to Rateville. No, <laughs> I genuinely Fuck. think Lisa thought this was a way to help explain. And I kind of understand what she was trying to say. Like, I understand why she put these two things together. It doesn't make it like it was a wrong analogy to make. I, this is the thing with Lisa. I get what she was trying to do. Yeah. But fuck me, she fucked that up. Like, really, she like fucked oh. it up. She mashed it a bit more. She set it on fire and then she chucked it over a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Like it was the but worst But I do handling. love how Garcelle was like, sometimes you just don't need to say anything. Okay, true. And let's just talk about Garcelle's uh, interview look at this point. Like, is she, is she an avatar? I, d- I don't like it one bit. The blue the hair? The necklace is terrible. Real bad necklaces all over this shit. Like oh, I saw yeah, her on Instagram. Sure. She was like, Wait, let's talk about this. But it is a look and a half. Like she's joining oh. the Avengers. Which is crazy because actually like her normal, just like day to day looks beautiful. are incredible. Incredible. Yeah. It's a, this it's, is a bad stylist move for it really sure. Was. Fire and the by stylist. the way, if, if you guys aren't following at, I think it's at the real bad real necklaces. Bad necklaces. Is one of the best Bravo fan accounts ever. <laughs> Go follow them. She's incredible. And you don't realize how many bad necklaces there are until you follow her. But also, she's brilliant. And she's continue. witty. She's hilarious. Follow yeah, her. Yeah, and the bad necklaces continue. I mean, this is present day. And we're seeing these, like, I honestly, hideous statement Well, I honestly necklaces. feel like the moment for statement necklaces has passed. Like, I feel yes. like we did that. Like, and 10 now years it's done. ago. It's done. <laughs> Now it's all into, you know, it's vi- it's gold, filigree, fine jewelry. Layer it up. That's the vibe it we're going for been. now. For a long for time. Ages. Yeah. It's anyway. just not right. Anyway. But I do like, I like where, I mean, regardless of this hideous story that Lisa tells, the game night that follows afterwards, I think is really fun. I love Garcelle giving Lisa shit about sometimes you just need to shut the fuck up. Like it goes down really well. They take it the way it's meant to. So I feel like there's some like healing going on within this group. Agreed. I guess without Crystal. Agreed. Yeah. I guess. But I think, you know, I think we can see that. I think if Garcelle and Lisa really start to build that bridge, I think Garcelle, uh, Crystal will find it easier to come into the group. It's just a little bit too fractured at the moment for anybody to trust really a new person. So we'll see. Um, And then, of course, the end of the episode. Oh, no. Let's just talk cosmetic surgery for a minute. Oh, yes, 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 Dorit. I find this fascinating. So, like, yeah, so everybody's... starts talking about like, like the nose jobs, right? Cause obviously Kyle's just had a nose job cause she's like recovering and is very open about it. And I think that's fine. Like, that's great. Again, do what you want to do. I didn't realize that this was a big secret, but it seems to be in this no. circle of, of, in this kind of society, it's almost like how much you earn. It's like, you never ask right. that question. And Dorit doubles down that, like, she's had nothing done. I mean, this girl's had more surgery just from last season to this season (laughs) than anybody I have ever seen. Fucking own it. Do you remember, like, before we came back on this season, there was a picture of somebody on Instagram, and I was like, who the fuck is this? And you were like, it's Dorit. I was like, it's not. You were like, it is. I mean, her entire face has changed just between one season. And you fucking know, like, come on. We have seen the housewives now for over 10 years. You know, if you say you've never had anything done, they're going to fucking find a picture of you, like, pre-any work, which does not, like, who knows who that girl is. But, like, yeah. But I don't get it. I don't get why they're so secretive about it. Even if there are no pictures, nobody looks like you women. Nobody looks like you women at that age. No, but it's fine. I don't care. 
No. Have all the work that you want. Do it because you want to do it. But just don't lie about don't it. Don't deny. I mean, Kathy was open. Kathy was like, I got I a little love, something done. Oh, I really don't want to love Kathy Hilton because I, I still will never forgive her for what she did to Paris. But I love her. Yeah, she's amazing on this show. I, had a I wish she had been done. I wish she had been on this show ages ago because Me too. I feel like she's the most real Beverly Hills, if that makes any sense. Yes. No, she's like exactly what you'd expect. She's not trying to be anything else. No. She's like, I am no. a pampered Beverly Hills princess and I'm perfectly happy with that. Absolutely. Um, but then we see at the end of the episode, four yep. days later on election day, we see that Erica t- sends the text that she is filing, filing for, divorce for divorce from Tom. I mean, that is, that's got to be one of the biggest shocks to a cast ever. For sure, especially if you're on a girl's trip four days before yeah. and like nothing is mentioned. I mean, we're going to talk about this because we're going to yeah. do the Erica uh, Hulu interview thing, whatever, the, yes. on um, Patreon. Patreon. But, there is some sketchy shit going on there. Yeah, there's some real sketchy stuff. I mean, I just brought up one article and was reading it to Kat, and I'm sure that's not even all of it, or it may not be 100% factual. I really but. don't want Erica to like to be a part of all the bad stuff. I mean, I'm I, starting to wonder how she can't be, but I really, like, that would I mean, be I'm going to tell you, honestly, I will be less devastated that Erica knew about it than I am that fucking Tom did it. I want to go on record and say I have never been more disappointed in any human being on the planet, whether I know them or not. Like Tom Girardi, we're talking Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. Shit. This, this is not okay. Like no. how the fucking mighty have fallen. Yeah. And again, we'll get into it more on the Patreon. So if you guys want to listen to it, it's going to be June's content. Um, the show comes out the 14th. So it'll probably be um, later in June when we release that on the Patreon. But Go over there and throw us some cash and you can hear our thoughts on that special. Uh, exactly. In the meantime, let's move on to our final show, Family Karma. We're loving the return of these guys. We were talking a little bit. I love this show. Well, we were talking a little bit in production about how it's like a good, it, you feel like they're seasoned now. Like the first yeah. season's always a little bit, what? And then the second season, they're like, okay, we've got the measure of it. Anisha's had her glow up. She's like, right? oh, I do need glam. Um, you know, it, it all starts to come together. But it's 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 interesting. We've got a new family. Officially, they've kind of been moved up from like guests of the yeah. show to real cast members. Yes, with uh, Dylan and Sean and their mum, Kalpner. Glad I remembered that one. I'm glad um, you did too, because I didn't even write it down. And I like this family. I've got to be honest. I love that they're involved. I love this show. And I think I love the show for the same reason why New Jersey is like my favorite housewife show, because it's like the family's involved. Like with Jersey, you've got like the husbands, you've got the kids and all this. And with family karma, like it does what it says on the tin. You get the drama with the kids. You get the drama with the aunties. You get the whole family dynamic, the community dynamic. Like I'm, I'm just in love with the show. I'm so happy it's back. Me too. And I mean, let's just do a quick run. Well, I mean, let's just do a quick rundown of the characters. Um, and let's do Anisha first. So she's back. She's looking better, better than ever. Um, freezing those eggs, freezing those motherfucking eggs. And I, I sort of, I get it. I think in days gone by, it would have been like 36 and freezing eggs. But now I'm like, yeah, of course you're 36 and freezing eggs, right? That's for what, sure. I suppose I do what that do. now. Yeah. You know, honestly, like I kind of wish I had done it earlier. Like I wish I had frozen my eggs at like 20. I mean, you. And then you I just would have had like great fucking kids, though. Of old yeah, eggs. But, I mean, I didn't I have didn't them until I was thirty. Like <laughs> I know, you know. I mean, thirty-year-old eggs are not the same as twenty-year-old eggs. Maybe and you would have produced Avengers if you'd like birthed maybe. twenty-year-old eggs. They could have been eggs. superheroes. I yeah. mean, they will be. They will be standing up for women's rights. Exactly. As white Your kids men, would be, which would be amazing. Um, but but um, yeah, I think she's smart. I think I love that her mum's come round. I feel yeah. like she's in a good place. This is all good for Anisha. For sure, for sure. I love her family. Her, I can't wait to see her grandpa back on screen again. He I know, is he's one brilliant. of my favorite people. He's excellent. And then Vishal, who, by the way, I'm going to go on record and say, I feel like the therapy Vishal is doing has really already made, we're seeing a much more confident, far yes. less dithery Vishal. Yeah, he's not as wet. We were not Vishal fans last year. I mean, I, he used to, it used to, I used to cringe watching him. I couldn't. It was for just... Sure. 
awful. But now he's For sh- he's finding his feet. Yes. Yeah, so Richa has broken off the engagement and suggested that he go to therapy. And I like her conversation with Anisha where she's like, we're not together now, but could I see us together a year from now? Yes. If he's like making these changes. Cause I think she does need somebody stronger and I think he's got it in him. He just needs to fucking stop being a baby. Yeah. And I don't know where he gets it from, but then we've got him like mouthing off to Dylan. I mean, the thing with this is like, I think Dylan's saying some pretty awful shit. Like, honestly. Right. And I feel like Vishal saying, if he says it again, he's going to put him into the ground is just I know I don't, we don't like to write things off as like dudes posturing. I don't think he actually meant he was going to kick his ass. Like, I feel like that's a very brother kind of thing because. And, and of course, and I think we know Vishal, like, I think this isn't necessarily about Dylan. It's about what's going on with Risha and all of that. But right. I, I think Dylan deserved a strong talking to. Like, it's all very well and good. People on the internet accusing him of being gay. But people who right. are your family and who are your mates talking smack about you and not in a nice way. Like, no, yeah. Really vulgar, nasty stuff. Like, I, Fischel has absolutely cool. every right to be pissed. And he's going through some shit. Like, his engagement's just right. been broken off. He's lost his temper. And they all temper. know that. It's not like this is a secret. Like, this community has no secrets whatsoever. So it's no. like, Dylan, you know this shit. Like, you're kind of being a little nasty and really bitchy. He's being a baby. He's being a big yeah. baby. And he's, like, playing the victim card and turning everybody against Vishal. And I just don't like it. Well, no, because he kind of goes and runs to his mommy and lets his mommy deal with the issue, which is not cool because Vishal hasn't even spoken to his mom about it. So, of course, what's her name? Um, Kalpner. No. Uh, oh, Reshma. Reshma. Reshma feels fucking blindsided at their drinks later on because it's like they're all attacking her for something her son said. And she's like, we don't even know the whole story. Like... And, and you're in a rock and a hard place then because everybody's already willing to write Vishal off as the bad guy and she right, can't right. be seen to be defending him because she's like, well, that you, will just look like I'm just being irrational. Yeah, his for mom. sure. So well, she's, and let's be real. Like, you can't bash Dylan because he's gay and he's come out in this community. Like, I don't mean well, to be and, a dick about it, but... And she's in his house. Like, yeah. so she recognizes all of this. She's put in a very difficult position. And I agree, this is something that you just let the kids work out. These kids are 30, 30 plus. Like, for <laughs> yeah, goodness like, sake. Let's use the, the term kids very fucking lightly. It's not like they're my children who are under 10 and having no. this argument. Like, no, I mean, these if you're my kids people. were fighting... I know for a fact, like, unless it was, like, criminal of some kind, somebody punched somebody. If they were just posturing and fighting, you and I would be enjoying a sundowner on the deck, maybe smoking (laughs) a cigarette, talking about the latest episode of Real Housewives while they fucking figured that shit out. Absolutely. We're not even involved in our kids' lives in their fights now. (laughs) I damn will not be in there in 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, whenever they're together and they start fighting, we're like, you need to go and you need to talk this out because yeah. Auntie Reagan and Mummy are busy. Yeah. Drinking. We're having drinks in the garden. Yeah. Get away. Because <laughs> nobody's bleeding. Like, let, let's quantify yeah. this. Is that blood? Nobody's bleeding. There's no real fighting going on. It's just like bullshit toy crap. Sort this shit out. We're not here to be your, your umpires, your referees. No, no. Um... And I, and I, you know, we'll see with, with Vishal and Risha. I never really saw them together anyway, if I'm honest. Like, this wasn't a yeah. surprise to me. I sort of hope they don't get back together. I don't think they're right for each other, but we'll see. I think if Vishal really does some work and, like, can stay... I think if Vishal can do the work and stand up to Lopa, that's going to be the line. And I think that's what Richa wants. And I think that's why she's broken this off and been like, you've got to do this work because if you don't, like, we can't do it. I think he has it in him, but I think he's been fucking babied. Like I love Reshma, but she has babied the shit out of a shawl and she has. He, he needs to balls up. But, and I agree that she needs a stronger man, but I don't necessarily agree that he needs to be the one to change, to be that guy. Like, I think that he needs yeah. to change for himself, but if she's well, needing sure. him to change to be the guy, I just think it's not going to work, but we'll see. But I think she's the only one that can point out that he needs to change. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. everybody else is just happy to keep him as he is. Whereas she's like, you know, I know you've got this in you. Like you just, you got to grow up. 
Yeah. And I think that's the big point of contention. So we'll I'd see. I'd be we'll interested see if he does to see not. how she feels when he actually does grow up. Because I think yeah. Rishi's got very used to being like, to wearing the trousers, to being the boss, to making all the decisions. Yeah. And I think as much as she says that's what she wants, I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic when he actually turns around with his own fucking brain and says, I want right. this. Like, <laughs> I don't think she's really thought through what she's asked right. for. But he's not just going to be the sexy house husband that she wants him to be. <laughs> yeah, I think Rish is going to be a little bit shocked and surprised when this all actually comes together. Well, because you can't have the two, right? No. Like, you can't have him be submissive at home and be strong to your mom and everything like that. Like, once you have him find his dominant voice... It's yeah. going to change the submissive voice for sure. Of course it is. And also like as much as I know that the the, the unwritten rule of respect through and through 100% whatever your mum and dad are and who they're like. You know, Lopa has been despicable to Vishal. For sure. Despicable and I think Yeah. Risha it's always going to be a problem if Risha doesn't recognize that. If she just keeps excusing it and writing it yeah. off, I think that's always going to be a problem. Absolutely. And especially now that Lopa has a condo in Miami. I mean, that woman terrifies the shit out of me. For sure. But you know what? I really like her with Sean's mom because I think Sean's mom, I, I don't know. I forgot to write down her name. So I, Kalpner. Yes. I think she can handle Lopa and I think she does in a really interesting way. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. But I think it's, but I don't even think it's Reshma that she has a problem. Like Lopa's problem is with Vishal. Right, Hands right. down. She just hates everything about him. She's yeah. gutted that he's going to be a son-in-law. So, you know, I don't think Lopa, I think Lopa plays the crazy batshit out of the box character. And right. that's all fine until it's actually, the stakes are real. And then she yeah. just becomes a bitch. For sure. For sure. Um, um, I th think we're going to see some interesting things this season. Like during this happy hour drinks, Amrit's mom talks about Amrit needing to come out to his grandma to get like blessings on his marriage, which I think is going to be very interesting in the future. Um, interesting chat about whether that's necessary. She's like 92. Right. She's, this is not something she's going to be okay with. Like, I no. just can't see that happening, which I understand. It's a completely different generation. Um, Absolutely. Well, I love how Amrit's mom is very honest about that, though, because she was like, I thought that just last 2011. year. 2011, yeah. Right. Like, you know, or 10 years ago or whatever. Like, I, I thought that, too, and I've just had to kind of change the way I think. So I wonder if her mom will be the same. I mean, I don't know. I Who don't knows know. what the grandma's going to be like, but she's super cute. She's super cute, isn't feisty she? Feisty, too. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, she is. I pay for it. I, pay I for love it. feisty grandmas. <laughs> love feisty grandmas, too. Um, I think that's it, isn't it? Oh, real fast. I oh. just want to share the lo my love for Brian's parents and his dad telling that whole story about how he chopped off the top of his thumb with the coconut stuff. <laughs> and then, and then a, a duck, duck ate it. Ate it. <laughs> Brian's parents are my favorite. Of I love everybody's them. parents because I think like they're they've lived around the world enough to where they have a more global like sense of things and like Brian's dad is just hilarious and they don't they're think Brian brilliant. can do anything which I think is even funnier. I love as well. Brian's so smart. Like you know how like in most it's in this you you hear this a lot in the Indian culture that you they want their daughters to marry a doctor right that's like, right or to be a doctor as well. But now they're like, Brian's family are like, listen, we know Brian's not going to be a doctor, no. but I'm really <laughs> pleased that he's found a doctor to marry. Like he's right? got a new Monica, Dr. Monica, Dr. as opposed Monica. to old Monica, not old Monica. That's not a great name for her. Other Monica. Friend, yeah. Friend Monica. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love him. He's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're so lovely. Again, I'm so excited that this show is back on and we're getting to watch it again. And they just, I don't know. They take me to a good place. Me for too. Sure. It's fun. Um, well, that is us now. That's us yeah. for the week. Thank you so much for giving us your time as ever. Um, I've enjoyed doing this episode. Not that I don't enjoy every episode, but yeah. it's nice to have shows that we're not bitching and moaning about. For sure. And shows that aren't shying away from like really dealing like with issues, I think is really great. And just fun shows that are back 
I'm just, uh, let's be real. I'm just glad Atlanta's not back on. And actually <laughs> Dallas got a little bit weird toward the end too. So agreed. agreed. Just nice to have a mix up. I also think if we watch too many housewife shows, it drains me a bit. Me too. I'm glad we've got Shah's Family Karma and BDSY in that. BDSY. Yeah. BDSY. BDSY. Um, <laughs> it sounds like some sort of American radio show. Hi, and welcome to BDSY Atlanta. It seems like that, or it's like a different version of BDSM. Yeah. Or yeah, it just sounds really Or it's a sexy. sex thing. Yeah. Well, column A, column B. Anyways, uh, with that, that being note, said... <laughs> thank you thank you rate and subscribe we'd really appreciate it Uh, and remember smart people watch reality tv too Bye bye please subscribe rate and review tv my husband hates wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow us on facebook and instagram at tv my husband hates and join the facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends if twitter's your thing you'll find us at tv husbands hate the music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.